We shall turn in our Bibles for the reading of the word. I greet you so much this evening in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We shall read from uh, Revelations chapter 3 from verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. I want us to share this evening on this subject of how can I overcome. Amen. I believe we all want to be overcomers. So I want us to share around that. The Bible is telling us, Jesus was saying, he who will overcome, I will grant him to sit with me in my father's throne. As I also overcame, and I'm sat together with my father in his throne. Amen. Now the prophet says, he says, the overcomer, this promise is to the overcomer. He that will overcome will I grant to sit with me in my father's throne. And the prophet says, Jesus did not say that I'll grant him to sit with me on my throne. But I'll grant him to sit with me in my throne. And he says, in the throne is far bigger than on the throne. Because a throne can be a small distance, maybe like this church. The king's throne is around this part. If it is on his throne. But in his throne is bigger than that. That one is in his domain. Amen? Amen? The one that will overcome is promised to sit in the domain where the Lord Jesus Christ will be reigning. In other words, that domain is from eternity to eternity. So an overcomer will not just sit on a small throne with Jesus, but he will sit in the domain of the Lord Jesus Christ from eternity to eternity. Amen? Amen. An overcomer. Hear what he's saying. Did you notice the arrangement there? See? An overcomer will sit with me in my throne. Not on my throne. In my throne. That is in his domain, see? And now as Christ is the throne ruler at this time of the complete domain of God, 
So will the church be with him. The bride will be with him in his throne. In the entire domain. See? Not on my throne, but in my throne. See? Where his domain reaches. And the domain reaches just as far as its boundaries do. And this is from eternity to eternity. So an overcomer will sit with the Lord Jesus Christ from eternity to eternity. And Jesus Christ called you and me to be overcomers. We are here this evening not to be overcomers. But to be overcomer. Because Christ's intention of calling you out of the world was that you become an overcomer. Just like he's an overcomer. Amen? Amen. And now we are speaking on this overcoming. The word overcome, of course, you know what it means. You've got to have something to overcome. And this church age that the Holy Spirit is speaking about here, the Laudation Church Age, as we have just seen through, uh, been through, uh, as we have just been through it, it needed a rebuking. Laodicea had to be rebuked because of its indifference towards Christ. That put Christ outside in their age. And Christ was on the outside trying to get back on the inside. Amen? Christ was outside this Laodicean church age and he was knocking and saying he will overcome. He will, he will open for me. He will open for me. I will come in and sup with him and him with me. In other words, he had been put outside of his church. But through his love, he was knocking. Amen? Amen? That's what he's talking about here. Christ outside in their age. And Christ was on the outside trying to get back on the inside. That's love. After he had been put out of his own house, he was trying to come back in and said, he that will open the door, I will come in to him. See? Now, the church itself, as a whole, had put him out. But now, notice, his call here is not just to the church. He that overcometh, see, not the church. That would be she, see. The church body. But it's he that overcometh. The individual that will overcome. Amen. Here, He's not talking about the Laodicean church age. Though partly he talks about it. But the prophet is telling us, he says, he that will overcome. Not she as the entire church. But he that will overcome. In other words, an individual. He's talking about you and me. 
as individuals. Christ expects you and me to overcome. And he has given us a promise. He who will overcome. I will grant him to sit with me in my father's throne. Amen. And the prophet is saying, you've got to have something to overcome. Amen. You must have something to overcome to be an overcomer. You could be having fear and you have to overcome that fear. You could be having indifference and you are trying to overcome it. Maybe you could be having some uh, lust and you are trying to overcome that last. Maybe you have stubbornness and you are trying to overcome that. Jesus is giving us that promise. He who will overcome. He expects us to overcome. He called us to overcome. They asked Brother Branham about that stubborn spirit. Someone asked, and he said, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I have a stubborn spirit. How can I overcome it? In other words, he had something disturbing him. Just as you could be having something in your life disturbing you this evening. God expects us when we come to him to be total overcomers. So, this person asked this question. I have that stubborn spirit. How can I overcome it? Hear what the prophet answers him. Brother Branham, I'm saved and have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Brother Branham, But how do I get away? from a stubborn spirit that I can't seem to break away from. Well, my Christian brother or sister, whoever it may be, now most times, when you find people that's got stubborn spirits, it's usually a complex that causes this. It's a complex. You see? Either they have inherited it from a mother, a father, an uncle, an aunt, or a grandmother, or grandfather. You know, somebody like that. And if you trace it back down through your life, you'll find now I've taken this by experience under discernment because I've met cases on the platform, thousands of those that had had that spirit. You know, the first thing you know I would chase that spirit right back by discernment and find that there was a granddad, there was a grandmother, there was somebody else back down there you, uh, and you inherit that by nature. You see? Stubborn. Stubbornness is not of God. It isn't of God. And now the only way to get away from that is you have to have faith. Faith that you are a Christian. You are a son or a daughter of God. Whichever you may be. And you will be able just to stand, rebuke it. 
Now, you can't never be able to just stand and rebuke it and rebuke it and rebuke it. It's just like tantalizing a rattlesnake. He's laying there ready to bite you. But if you just ignore him and walk away from him, he can't hurt you, see? So when you feel that you got a stubborn spirit, lay the thing on the altar and believe God that the thing is dead and you will never have it no more. And you go on believing it. Amen? Amen. And the thing, and don't pay any attention to it. And the thing will leave you. Resist the devil and he will flee away from you. That is, get away from him quickly. So that would be my advice how to overcome it. We overcome the devil by faith. That's what we overcome all Evil is by faith. Amen. The prophet is telling us that stubborn spirit is not of God. And according to discernment, you used to discern and know that such spirits came from you know, they were lineage kind of spirits. Just like you be having a disease. Maybe like uh, diabetes or hypertension, you know. Those are inherited kind of diseases. The same thing applies to such spirits. And the prophet is advising, you cannot keep on rebuking it and rebuking it. it you make it worse. But the only way you can overcome it is to overcome it by faith. And believe that you are a child of God. Jesus paid for it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we so you take it to the altar and believe that it's God. Because Jesus paid for it. I remember when I came to Christ, I had a habit of drinking. And people just gave me a short period. We are giving you just two days. Others a week. You have already gone back. You have gone back to drinking. But I remember where I used to stay. They used to bring you know, liquor. And someone who was selling that stuff you bring jerrycans and jerrycans of this crude, crude warage. And would be the people to test and know whether it is good or bad. So we are so much accustomed to that kind of and I would look at myself not able to overcome. But I entrusted it to the Lord. And whenever I would feel that, that kind of scent and feel like drinking again, something would tell me, now you have accepted me. You, you want to ashamed me and go back and drink again. I would say, no, Lord, I will not. I would just resist like that. One day, two days, three days, a week up to now. Jesus took it away. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has power over each and every demon, over each and every sin. I remember one time we were sharing with Pastor Kangwa I was traveling with brother, I think, Charles Murindwa. And we were, you know, sharing testimonies. 
and he told us how he was a habitual smoker. He could smoke like a packet every day. Wake up early in the morning, he smokes a, uh, a cigarette. Before he goes to shower, after showering, he smokes another one. Then he takes breakfast. When he's at the stage waiting for a bus, he smokes another one. A habitual smoker. But when he accepted Christ, after being baptized in water, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, Lord, now I have accepted you. I've even been baptized in no. much water in your name. No. Now, this habit of smoke, I seem not to break away from it. But I am trusting you to take it away from me. And he says, one day, he woke up in the morning. He went and showered. He had breakfast. He realized he was at the stage, waiting for the bus, and he had not smoked. That urge was not there. And he kept on like that up to Jesus called us out of the world yes, we are to, to, to be total overcomers. He looked at you laboring with sin and trespasses and he called you out. Come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden I will give you rest. We are being driven by the devil to and fro. We were slaves of the devil. But Jesus called us out of the world to offload us of all our burdens. He called us to make us overcomers. Brethren, we are not supposed to be vanquished. We are supposed to be victorious all the time. We should be overcomers. Because the Lord whom we accepted is an overcomer. Our husband, the Lord Jesus Christ, he has never lost any battle. He is always an overcomer. And he expects us, his bride, his children, to be overcomers. Just like he's an overcomer. Amen. He goes on to say, I was crossing an old log the other day down a wash or what I, I would call a hollow. And I jumped up on this log. And on the outside it looked, it looked good. It looked like a big old beach log. But when I jumped on it, oh, a great chunk of it fell off. It was really rotten and dirty. I said that's the way the Christians are becoming. They've been dead in sin and trespasses. So long as to become dirty. They can hold no weight at all. They don't know what overcoming means. I began to think of this text then. Overcome. Keep life in you. When life went out, that's what brought that log to that condition. See? And it made it worse than ever. When it lay in the branch where the water was. Amen. The prophet is narrating his experience. When he was crossing a river. And there was a log. As a bridge to step on and cross. And it looked so fresh on top. But when he stepped on it, he almost fell in. 
a big chunk of it broke off. And he realized it was rotten down. Because it was submerged in water. It had lost its life. Because it was in much water. And he got this inspiration. He realized that believers lose their life their Christian life. And they become like this log. And he says, what is to overcome? To keep life in you. This log had lost its life because it was submerged in much water. It started rotting because of that water. And do you know that water spiritually is a symbol of the world? Amen? Amen. The Bible says in Revelation 17, when it's talking about that ill-famed woman, Jezebel, Jezebel. It says in uh, Revelation 17, 15, you know, she was seated on much water. And it says the waters where this whore sat are people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So water signifies the world. The lifestyle of the world. The systems of the world. The cares of the world. The business. All the time you're busy. And the world is taking you this way and that way. All the time you are having routine. One spiritual preacher said, he said routine heals spirituality. In other words, the devil will make you so busy. And by the time you realize that life of Christ is no longer in you, he will keep you always on routine. Just of recent, I was uh, at, at the hospital somewhere in, at, at, at uh, IHK hospital. And then a young man you know, came to me and he said, I would like to, uh, to say hello to you. He said, I'm brother so and so. I know, aren't you Pastor Nathan? I said, yes. said, yeah, you see, I fellowship at Speckle. And I didn't know him. He said, I'm working here. I've just joined Speckled Bird. And sometimes I'm in fellowship, sometimes I'm not there. You know, I'm so busy here. Sometimes I work on Wednesday. I work on Sundays. But I always take a chance in, in, uh, in the overnight. Even the previous overnight, you are the one who preached. So however busy I am, whenever I get a chance of coming, I try as much as possible to utilize it. He said, I'm even seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But the problem I have is this nature of my job. I told him, brother, whenever you get a chance, utilize it. If you get a chance to fellowship, come and fellowship. He said, do you know, sometimes I lock myself in the room, here at work and try to pray, and then you hear somebody knocking, and they tell you, why, why had you locked yourself? Then I tell them I've been praying, they tell you, you're not supposed to pray here. So I'm disturbed. I told him, no. 
you pray. Ask God. I also commit you in prayer. So that he gives you a job. That will give you freedom. To fellowship. So the devil. Can make you so busy. To an extent. That you will fail to pray. Maybe before you got such a job. You used to pray. You used to fellowship. I remember when I was still working with the Red Cross. The nature of work was like that one almost. Sometimes I would work on Sundays. But I would always create time. God expects you to create time to involve him in all your programs. Remember it is God first. Brother Branham talks of that woman. Brother Branham, Susan Wesley. Susan Wesley. Who had 22 children. And she had a lot of family chores. Can you imagine taking care. Of 22 children. When you are just a widow. Fending for them. You know, taking all the care of them. But she would always. Get a program. Time. To teach these children. The Bible. She would create time. Whereby they would read the Bible with them. Together. And they would sing and have fellowship. And the prophet says, out of these 22 children, one of them, John Wesley, he became the messenger of the sixth church age. And another one, Charles, wrote so many wonderful, inspired songs. Do you know that however busy you are, God expects you to create time for him. You should have time of prayer. You should have time of reading the word. You should have time of Reading your message books. God expects you to fast. God expects you to abandon yourself and seek his face. But when you allow this life of Christ to leave you, then the prophet is telling us, You'll rot just like this log rot. The Bible says, Be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And how, we, how do we renew our mind? By the word. By leaving the word. That is the only way we can be overcomers. Not be conformed. Some people even don't have such jobs. Which occupy them so much. But the devil will occupy them. Just by a mere phone. That person will always be on phone. And through that, somewhere the devil is floating. Maybe a blue movie, a pallet dressed woman, then an evil spirit will enter that person. And by the time he realizes, he is already far away from Christ. He is already overcome. The Bible is telling us not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The prophet says, man is a trion. He's made up of 
the body, the spirit and the soul. And this body has channels which are the senses. As you know, the five senses, seeing, you know, touching, hearing, testing, you know, those channels of the body, the outside part of, of man. And then the spirit part of man has also channels. Five inlets. Imaginations. Reasoning. Conscious. Affections. You see? Memory. So the Bible is telling us not to be conformed, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And our mind has these channels. And when you go deep, there is the soul which has only one outlet or one inlet. It is either faith in God or doubt in God. And our prophet told us the mind is the battleground. In that message of the greatest battle ever fought, all the battles they start in the mind. Where there are those inlets imagination you start imagining things. The devil brings in imagination. He brings reasoning. Just like he came to, 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 to Eve. Did God surely say you should not partake of all the trees in the garden? And she said, no. Only the one that is in the midst of the garden. Ah, no, no, no. He knew. If you partake of it, you will be wise. Your eyes will be open. You will just be like God. And the Bible says, when she looked at the tree, that it was so appealing, she put down the word. And very quickly, she had fallen. She was already overcome. So it is the word that should keep us, should make us overcome. We should not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But we should be conformed, rather transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let this word rule us. Thanks be to the Lord. Do what the word tells you to do. Jesus said, yes, we are He who hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the storms came. And the rains descended and hit this house and it remained standing. But whosoever will hear these words of mine and will not do them, I will liken him to a foolish person who built his house upon the sand. And the storms came and the rains and great was the fall of The only thing that will save you and me. The only thing that will make us overcome is to have to be doers of the word. To have our minds transformed by that word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith comes by you being a doer of the word. How is your prayer life this evening? Do you read the word? Do you take time, however busy you are, in your program, 
include reading at least some chapters in the Bible. Or maybe listening to some tapes. How is your fellowship life? You who used fellowship overnight. How are you now? The world could have taken you over. Unknowingly. And the life you are living. You are far away from Christ. Oh, may the Lord help us. He called us to be overcomers. As he also overcame, he also expects us to be overcomers. Amen? He goes on to say, and then, if now you take a Christian that's supposed to be a Christian, but has let the life of God go from him. Though he has experienced the joy of serving Christ. And is living in the church where such is going on. He wrote twice as quickly. Living right. Out, you know, he wrote as soon as quickly. Avunda mangunyo. You see, a Christian, um, who has ever enjoyed living in church, and mukanisa. he's still living in church. Mukanisa. But he has allowed that life, the life of Christ, to leave him. By the time he realizes, he's so much rotten. Just like this tree was. Brother Branham says, Brother Branham Agamba, you could be a wonderful believer. You love God. You serve Him. But the moment maybe something comes in you or an enticing spirit. And you start feeling, now I'm backslidden. He says, that is the very time you'll be a backslider. He said, if you get a feeling, and you start saying, maybe I have this disease. The way I feel, I feel like having cancer. He says, if you keep on feeling like that, you can be packed from here when you are a cancer patient. What you feel is what you become. But Jesus Christ wants us to always keep in faith in him. To keep our faith renewed in him. Look at a man like David. A man after God's own heart. A man who'd always feel he'd make such statements. I was glad when they said unto me let us go in the house of the Lord. He would say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable, Lord, in your sight. He was always meditating upon the word of God. He was always having the joy of salvation. But the Bible says, one day, he left his post of duty. Amen? Where, he was, where God expected him to be, David left that place. Let us read quickly. Second Samuel, chapter 11.
Second Samuel chapter 11. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah but David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. Daudi natuma yowabu na badube awamu na ye ne isidairi ena. Nebazikiriza abana babamoni. Nebazingiza laba. Na ye Daudi na sigara Yerusalemi. Aoruatu uka akawungezi Daudi na agolokoka. Na ava kuchitanda che na atambula wagulu kunyumba ya kabaka. Iranga ima kunyumba na alabu mukazi inga naba. Iro mukazi yalimulunji nyo okutunulira. Au Daudi natuma nabuza omukazi wali. Ni wabawe ya yogiranti. Oyosie basuseba mwalawa Eliamu mukazi wa uria omukiti. Au Daudi natuma ababaka na mutuala na ingira jari na sulana ye. Ubanga yali yarongo sebwa obutali bulongo fuwe omukazi nadayo unyumba ye. Amen. Amina. The time when all kings go to battle. David decided to stay at home. He was supposed to be at the post of duty. But he delegated. Joab. My commander, you go in, on my behalf. You have fought battles upon battles. Now I feel I should also relax. But the Bible is telling us this is a time where all kings are expected to be there. A time whereby all believers of speckled bird tabernacle are supposed to be on, in, in fellowship on Wednesday. The time they are supposed to be in fellowship on Friday. But you a strong believer who loves God with all your heart. You decide to say no. I have fellowship enough. I feel tired. I've been so, you know, having a lot of Lord work. Even I'm supposed to carry some at home. The devil has made people so busy. For next day, they are always having backlogs and no work. That's what the devil will do always. He'll make you so busy. He'll make you so tired. The time you're supposed to be in fellowship. In the overnight. He'll tell you no. You better rest. This body needs rest also. The following Saturday you are supposed to be in the office. Why don't you rest? That's what happened to David. And the Bible says, when he didn't go, and he was strolling around in his house. Maybe he was on top of his balcony. And then in the neighborhood, he sees Uriah's wife. Bathsheba bathing. And last enters him. And he sends for her. And he commits a sin of adultery. And that sin does not stop there. It becomes a chain. 
from adultery it becomes murder. He ends up murdering Uriah. By the time he realized, he was rotten. And if he wasn't to be a child of God, to cry to God for mercy and forgiveness. Maybe he would have backslidden completely. But the Bible says that he cried unto the Lord. And God restored him. But do you know that even when God restored him, still he suffered somehow the consequences of that sin. The Bible says that the, the way of a transgressor is so hard. After pleading to God, God forgave him, but still, God pronounced some judgment. You did this act. In isolation, in hiding. But one of your neighbors will sleep with your concubines in broad daylight. And that's what happened. His son Absalom had to do that. He was told the sword will never depart from your house. His very son toppled him. A man after God's own heart. He ends up being an adulterer and a murderer. Look at a man like Saul. Saul, an anointed of God. And God sends him through somewhere. Go and tell Saul to go and destroy all the Americans. Let him kill the women, the men, the children, even the suckling. Destroy all. And when Saul goes, he just compromises. They show him, you know, some fat cows and sheep and he saves those ones and he brings them back. Even he brings the king. He does not fulfill God's word. What does God's word expect you to do? Have you fulfilled that word? When Samuel came to him, he asked him after God had lamented about the sin of this man. He was so annoyed. And Samuel, go to Saul and tell him of his transgression. And the Bible says when he came to him even he didn't know that he had sinned. And when he asked him, tell me, did you do what God told you to do? He said, yes, I destroyed I executed what God told me to do. And then Samuel asked him, what about the bleating of the sheep? The lowing of these cows I'm hearing. He said, you see, I brought some of these ones, the fat ones, And Samuel told him, does God delight so much in sacrifices and you know more than obedience? Don't you know that stubbornness or rebellion is just like the sin of witchcraft? And obedience like the sin of adultery? Because you have disobeyed the voice of the Lord, he has also rejected you. And he has taken the kingdom from you and he will give it to your neighbor. 
And from that moment, Saul was rejected. By the time Saul died, he was a murderer. Trying to seek the life of David. By the time he died, he had lost fellowship with God. The Bible says that he would go and seek the face of God towards the time of his death when the Philistines were pursuing him. He prayed and there was no answer from God. He went to the Urim There was nothing. No dream, nothing. Someone who was anointed until he ended up going to consult witchcraft. Going to that witch of Endo. To seek at least for the face of Samuel. To divine in sorcery. Amen. And the Bible says, after asking that woman and disguising himself, because someone who was so righteous, Saul was a righteous man, and he had made a decree that all wizards and sorcerers and witches should be killed. They should be eliminated from Israel. But here he's so backslidden, just because of being disobedient, to the word of God. And God has left him. And he ends up going to divine. In sorcery. And he disguises himself. And he goes to this witch of, of Endo. And asks her, Can you divine for me? And call out somewhere. And the woman says, But Saul made a decree. That all the put me in trouble. And he says, no, 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 don't worry. And the Bible says, when she divined, Saul came forth. Rather, Samuel came forth. And she was so scared. She told him, I see God's coming out of the earth. You must be Saul. And then he says, don't worry. Nothing will harm you. And then he asks Samuel, My Lord, can you help me? I have tried all that I can do. I have tried to pray. I have tried to see the face of God. There is nothing. And Samuel tells him, Why did you disquieten me? Why did you bring me out of my peace? And he asks him, will I survive this Philistines? This battle that is raging? And Samuel tells him, tomorrow around this time, we shall be together with your children in this very place. And the prophet says, Saul did not go to hell. Though he had committed all those atrocities before the Lord. Because he was the anointed of God. A type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God could not send him to hell. But he had to cut off his life. He ended up dying. An overcomer. All the victory he had acquired, it had left him. Brother Abraham talks of a brother. Ramsey who was a preacher a man of God who loved God with all his heart but one time word comes to him you know that Ramsey has backslidden He's even drinking. And the prophet drives there very quickly. He finds him drinking with beer bottles around him. He says, Ramze, what has he says, I no longer want to preach. Even I have burnt all my preaching notes. notes. I have burnt them. I have burnt them. 
And he pleads with him. He says, no. This is what I've decided to do. And the prophet says, after about two weeks, Ramuze died. And the prophet says, Ramuze did not go to because he was a child of God God could not allow him to tarnish his name like that because he was filled with the Holy Ghost God could not send him to hell but can you see the way he ended Just not being watchful. Not being serious with the things of God. By the time he realized, he was far away. May the Lord help us. Time is far spent. He says here, so if we are trying to follow the message of the hour, or at least this part of the message, we should live constantly in the life of Christ. Because if you don't, you lie around. And you know that these things you are supposed to do, yet you don't do them. The Bible says that he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And you become dotty and rotten when you are separated from the life of God. So strive with all that is in you to stay in the life of Christ that you may be fruit bearing. Amen. Amen. He says, endeavor to keep the life of Christ in you. Endeavor to live the life of Christ. Be a prayerful person. Have a closer walk with God. That's the only way you'll overcome. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was starting his ministry, the Bible says that he had to go and fast. 40 days and 40 nights. And immediately from there, the devil had to try him and tempt him. But he ended up overcoming. By the word. It is written. It is written. Jesus used to pray all night long. And the prophet said, Can you imagine Jesus being God in flesh? He would not need to pray. But he prayed most. And he said, why did he pray so much? To keep that connection with his father. He would pray all night long. And through that prayer, he would be connected to the spirit, to his father. Though he was a son of God, but he was in flesh. He needed to have that connection with the spirit. And he would make such statements. The father walketh hither to I walk. In other words, throughout the night praying, God would reveal to him what to do next the following day. Maybe go to Samaria. There is a woman there, my elect. You find her seated at the, at the, at the well. You know, revelations. 
Go to the pool of, 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 of uh, beautiful. There is an invalid man there who has been sick from childhood for eight years there at the pool. You will set him free. My father works. So I also work. He had to keep that connection. Do you know that God wants us to keep that close And it cannot come in any way other than prayer. Abandoning yourself in fasting, reading his word. The prophet said, Do you want to see God? Keep a closer walk with him. Do you want to overcome? Keep connected to him. Keep in prayer. Keep in fellowship. Read his word. Meditate upon it. Keep a closer walk with the Lord. That is the only way you will overcome. Keep the life of Christ in you. Because Christ is the one to overcome in you. You are so weak and frail. But it is only his life that can overcome the evil and the devil. May the Lord help us to be overcomers.